Hey everyone, this is Jesse, George, and Robert, and this is BitBytes, an analytical discussion about gaming. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. So when I say guys, I don't mean George. George <laughs> yeah. is not here. He has a replacement. You're outnumbered right now. George and has been replaced by a yeah. girl. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the second time that it's happened, so George needs to get his butt in the seat more so we'll miss you george yeah <laughs> rest in peace george i don't know where you went i never met you maybe it's we'll a good thing know. that george missed out on this this particular episode because i think um he might lean more on the opposite end and of oh man of, this is gonna be I'm great like, i don't even know what you're alluding to. i'm just like what what is this leading towards now i'm just on a cliffhanger what is it what does that mean <laughs> well what are we talking about what okay. is this about well uh, we haven't even introduced this second girl. Who <laughs> <laughs> so, this voice? Let's do that. My good friend Jennifer has joined us today. Hello. From across the pond, is that what they call it? Yeah, across the pond. <laughs> You've I learned in I just, one semester. Yeah, I just <laughs> hopped over and I just hopped back for the holidays and I'm like, Jesse's like, hey, want to join? I'm like, absolutely. Especially yeah. with this topic. you live in the United States? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born and raised here all my life, but... Uh, when I'm doing currently a postgraduate in uh, user experience design over in London right now. Which I was sort of surprised when I asked what topic you'd like to do. It wasn't around that, but I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. But there's so many different parts of like video games and interaction that uh, fascinates me. Like I listen to so many different podcasts about video games, but my favorite YouTube podcast about it is actually Extra Credits. And I listen to so much in-depth, kind of different ways of thinking about video games. Because I mean, user experience is just experiencing things through apps, through games and all that stuff. And we all have an experience through games. So it's all just like, however you take it kind of thing and we haven't introduced the topic should i introduce it <laughs> talk about other topics yeah exactly no, yes so what's our topic for today then? so our topic for today is casual versus hardcore which i think leaning more casual leaning yeah. leaning more on the casual side because i'll oh, speak for yourself well i mean <laughs> i well that's the thing like i cannot personally i cannot play shooter games whatsoever i suck at shooter games you give me an assassin's creed game i will literally beat it in a day like <laughs> like there's just some games that there's different genres of like okay well anyone in wow who understands that if i look at any screen that shows anything to do with world of warcraft i don't know what's going on but at the same time if i sit down with like a playstation or i sit down with like nintendo 64 um i understand it like there's something like what is the level of hardcore versus casual. I mean, I think that's kind of the major debate is like... Where, where's the I'm, line? I, where's the line? And I don't think it's a good line. I think it's more like a gradient in its own way. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about that split, that difference, and then lean more because we could go on for five hours about oh, this. Yeah, but absolutely. we're trying to not bore our audience to death. But we'll <laughs> go a little bit deeper into casual games and why maybe they aren't so casual. So what are your opinions about, like, what are your... Like, Jesse, what's your opinion about casual versus hardcore? Like, what do you think, like, that kind of gradient line is? I think a casual game and a hardcore game are different than a casual versus a hardcore gamer. That makes sense. Make the distinction. I don't know what you mean. I think that you can have a casual game that's played by a hardcore gamer, and it's a game that could be played completely casually. I really haven't defined anything yet, but with no seriousness, just for the fun of it. Kind of more and the it'd be fun. It would side. succeed in its goal. The game would. Mm -hmm. But I've seen hardcore gamers approach these games 
and they take all the stats into account. They master every technique, as simple as they may be, and they approach it like a hardcore game. So even though I would put that game under casual. So I think hardcore gamers sort of view games differently and play them differently. That's why I have a hard time of placing myself under casual hardcore gamer because I play both probably equally, but I do enjoy the, the occasional shooter uh, mm-hmm. or the games that really do you you require lots of pre-gaming knowledge. <laughs> Does that make me hardcore? I don't know. I've seen a bunch of other players that just master their game. And I look at that, I'm like, oh, I'm nowhere near that level. Like people who play Pokemon and they take stats and breeding and statistics into account. Like I just, I'm like, are you, are you having fun though? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, that, that's their version of fun. That's great. So definitely a gradient. But at the end of the day, I think my split between casual and hardcore is can you pick someone off right just off the street if they've never played a game before, if they're open to it, of course, within an hour, be able to play a casual game you sit in front of them. Most of the time, if you sit a hardcore game in front of them, I think it, it, they wouldn't take to it too well. And almost, I've seen in cases, turn them away from gaming. I've seen that, yeah. A hardcore game for me requires, hey, if you've never played a game that maybe has the camera angle plus the character movement, like I know a lot of people in the baby boomer, boomer generation that your mom. <laughs> mom my dad it's too confused by that like if it's not a locked camera angle that's steered by the game mm-hmm. like it just throws them and it's you almost need time for them just to get used to that you control the camera with one joystick and the character with the other so that does you may not think hey going straight into a breath of the wild oh breath of the wild it teaches you along the way right it gives you a tutorial well not necessarily like you're going in with knowledge a lot of the time of how to control the camera and how to move the characters flawless, seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even think about it. So so you're more on the philosophical side of it, where it's the mindset going into a game. Like player. how you tackle yeah, the how, game. How, how do you play the game? Yeah, the mental you, mindset. Is it more of a, like, it's a, is it a challenge experience? Is it, mm-hmm. are you playing for the challenge and to, like, know mm-hmm. the, the innards of a game? Or is it to enjoy the story or... The emotions that the game is supposed to evoke in you or is it like mindless just filler which a lot of mobile games i feel are but no what it de- i think it depends because it does depends because we'll get into later yeah but. at the same time like there's so many different apps in the store that could easily be filler yeah. but i'm curious what you think from yes so i agree with a lot of the framework you laid out so i love the distinction of talking about the people playing the games versus the games themselves because think there's intentionality in design even if you oopsies and you make something on accident you're still creating an experience that's kind of built into the game or in a, a way that it's intended to be played and so the more complicated the more difficult that the asking price of the learning curve is maybe to get mm-hmm. some kind of it's like a similar thing of exercise in a way where it's like if you go out and exercise a couple times and you're out of shape you're gonna freaking hate it because you're out of shape and it hurts and if you stick with it for a while, you'll get to a point where you kind of hit the middle of the bell curve. And then it's not necessarily fun, but it's more tolerable. I think there's a similar thing if maybe we could put a spectrum on game design and have casual on one side and hardcore on the other. But then there's like, you know, on top of that, it depends on how the who the people are who are playing the game and what their attitude is. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like if you approach a game, like if you approach Mario Kart and everybody's trying to have a good time and you're over there and like every time you get blue shelled, you get super butthurt about it and you just bring everyone <laughs> down. It's like the game is designed to be a fun, good time. It's easy to access. It's really easy to play, arguably difficult to master because it has difficulty settings and whatever. But just to keep it simple, it's like, I don't know. That's a good way to think about it. There's the games and then there's the people playing them. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, there's kind of like, I feel like different categories of the mindset as you were talking about, Jesse, and I definitely agree that the mindset is. But I also think that's always brought up in articles when it talks about casual versus hardcore is also how what is the physical object you're using to play the game that you're using? That dictates whether you're a casual or hardcore. That's some articles that I've been reading where it's like if you only play games on the iPhone, you're just a casual player. And if you play, if you actually buy a console, you're like a medium. And then if you're a hardcore, you've built your own computer to play your game. Like you've built it yourself. <laughs> that's hardcore. Well, so, I mean, yeah, and, the, um... and that's the thing. Like there's some, di there's, there is some like obvious like correlation and that, that lends itself into the whole console war thing oh yeah and then, like, PC, oh well we could go on for hours on that PC master gamer like yeah. like wow i feel very self-conscious right now yeah. i did not build my own computer <laughs> that did I, not happen uh, although there are some games that are out for pc that i'm like i want to play it just maybe i need to play it get a pc to play these games because there are just <laughs> some good games that come out for specific consoles that i'm like oh it's it looks such a good fun experience but i'm restricted with the stuff that i have yeah um, like, what are the chances your casual gamer mm -hmm. is going to go out and buy a really expensive gaming computer or even like a console? Well, that kind of lends it to myself to uh, a little tangent that I put a note on later that I brought up with you earlier before this podcast was that Pokemon Go kind of pretty much made Pokemon Let's Go to bring those people that take your iPhone to play a game, which is free to play game, and then to make them buy a Nintendo Switch to play a game that helps like where it works with your Pokemon Go mm. app and as you can change your like po hopefully well know Pokemon you can transfer your monsters over to the different consoles and you can play with them and play the whole game but they've also for the I would say this in air quotes like the hardcore Pokemon people they're not happy with Pokemon Let's Go because it's a watered down version of what Pokemon actually was they're like oh this is for casual players and all that stuff but at the same time I understand on a marketing standpoint how they're trying to bridge all those millions of people who are playing Pokemon Go over to trying to buy a console maybe for the first time they've ever bought a console game or console itself and to explore that bridge like kind of making that bridge into like getting more on the medium side of like maybe not hardcore but maybe more like slowly like getting them warm and wet into like get a console it's mm -hmm. fun it's a gateway drug it yeah. is a gateway Take it. Yeah. well that's pokemon for us all if we're gonna be honest <laughs> that's true that's fair <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a really creative way for them to try to like hey we have all these active users how do we bring more money on them yeah pretty much <laughs> that's a really cynical way to look at it but how do they <laughs> but it's get the business side of it console? but it's yeah. the and business side of it. games. it's the business side of it though yeah. like you can't help but take the business side of it i mean and kind of going to the mar the mario part of it is that i actually did have my dad play because jesse had an interesting experience uh with her mom with uh, breath of the wild that i found fascinating i was playing mario odyssey on the plane and my dad uh, was like oh you playing that's mario and i'm like yeah dad like it's mario <laughs> it <is laughs> and it's mario odyssey and my dad Literally, there's a picture of my mom pregnant with me and my dad sitting like 
literally on the ground playing Mario on the old Nintendo like classic game, like just playing the flat. And he's like, I love Mario. It's like, can I, can I, can I play? And I'm like, yeah. So I like made him a new account and all that stuff and played him through Mario Odyssey. And the great thing is I knew that I wanted him to play Mario Odyssey is because they actually go in the beginning. I don't know if you two have played it or not, but it actually shows you to rotate the camera around Mario first before you move Mario which I thought was really great for probably getting people who are like, oh, I haven't played Mario in a long time and now I have kids. I'll get this Mario game. And it probably helps bridge that gap that Nintendo 64 Mario did really well with trying to show you that w- how the 3D camera works. I thought that was just really great. All did my- he pick up on it quickly or not? No, not really. Yeah, yeah. He was, it's like they can tell you. He but was a... he was immediately like, "Ooh, what's this dusty <laughs> stuff? What's this dusty stuff around this island?" And I'm like, "Well, there's a sign. What does it say? It's a skull and crossbones. I'm like, what does that indicate? I don't know. Let's go in." And I'm like, "Oh god!" Yeah. And he just immediately died in the first yeah. level, like before he even got to any. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> oh my gosh! He jumped on the frogs. Actually, the ones with top hats. He just had fun jumping on the frogs that's all he cared about and i was like you know what i'm proud i'm proud of my dad <laughs> i don't know if this would apply to your dad but i know with my mom if i you know i was sitting with there helping her out mm-hmm. you know for some of those like oh it's not obvious to new players but with four hours i think she could be an adequate player without me like i don't oh yeah i'm yeah. breath of the wild yeah. is there a time out mm-hmm. like with the speed she was picking stuff up and also the interest. Your mom had a very big interest in exploring. Well, I don't know how much that was. Yeah. But at the uh, same time, we could go on a tangent about like the possibility like, of Like, oh, my daughter's interested in this. Yeah. But, yeah. Hi, mom. <laughs> she listened uh, to your podcast. Oh, my God. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think Nintendo is one of those companies that obviously they're, they market themselves as the family-friendly, kid-friendly. They always have advertisements of the parents playing with the kids so i think it's it's natural that they take that little bit extra step in their games to try to onboard new players and they have probably the biggest selection of family-friendly multiplayer games that you know like mario kart you could just jump right in it's a racing game it's obvious they also have stuff for the hardcore players though like they they have levels and so like you could play through the whole game without having to go through a hardcore level you just maybe get that one level you can't beat and people like oh whatever i won't get that level Mm -hmm. but then you have people who do fast speed throughs through mario and it's just beautiful to watch (laughs) it's just like holy crap how much time do they play playing that game to get that good or how far do they go that kind of stuff so Robert shared a really interesting video uh, the other day about sort of looking back on games and difficulty. That really fascinated me because it's sort of game difficulty was sort of set to how do you draw in players and keep them, right? That has to be simple enough for them to be like, oh, I can beat this, but difficult enough that they can't fully beat the game. They have to keep coming back and spending their quarters to get that, that top billing mm-hmm. on the high score list, so. Thinking in broad strokes and video game history and hardware and software design, it's like you kind of get a lot of insight into the casual hardcore distinction just because it was, I mean, you know, thinking about an arcade, everyone has to want to approach the machine and put their quarters in. It's the entire design. And also to eat them. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But it's cool the way they do that with the funnel because it's like, they give you some easy achievement and it's like, oh, this is fun. I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then the further down to the rabbit hole you get, you know what happens. 
but it's like it's almost like they do a bait and switch in a way but it's like it went through a middle phase where they were kind of like early console era and things were way too difficult too soon and there's an argument in that video it's a donkey video by the way it's uh he's talking about difficulty in video games you should look it up it's great his commentary is hilarious <laughs> i love the way he talks about everything you need to send everything. that to me later yeah yeah you should watch it so he He's being funny, but there is some truth to this. He's drawing a graph of difficulty in game, like modern gaming. <laughs> so it's like on a X, Y axis and yeah. it's like going straight across. And then it's like, yeah, the game starts. And it's like, it just like goes crazy. Oh, and that is so all, true. We've all played that game. Right? <laughs> we've all played that game. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because like that's the difference, right? Between your arcade game and your console game. He, he was making the argument of console games now have to be uh, have to draw out your experience, trying to get many playable hours from the characters. So I guess it's like a balanced difficulty so people don't rage quit right away. And You um, want it to be always challenging that they feel accomplished at the end of it, but you don't want it too hard where they rage quit. And exactly. that's like that uh, Extra Credits did something about this as well that I listened to like a year ago, but I know they have it down below, but like that balance is so difficult. But at the same time, you also get that persistence. You're like, I could do it like this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what what's interesting about open world games, I think, because if you're not forced on a linear track to go through certain dungeons specifically or trials mm -hmm. specifically, you could come across a really difficult area and not be able to beat it at your current level. But knowing you can come back to it and then you know, knowing after many more hours of leveling up. Oh, that's uh, that's me in Breath of the Wild with the Guardians. Oh, my nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> she's laughing. Jesse's laughing because she knows it's true. I was uh, terrified of those things every time when I was they low are scary, level. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, so. they scared the crap out of me. And they then could see me at all times. I'm not kidding. Jesse and uh, our friend Allison had to literally walk me over. Like you can, you now have the equipment to beat. I'm like, I don't know. They're really <laughs> strong. <laughs> And then you feel like a badass when you do, though. Oh, right? I was yeah. screaming in terror when I feed it. You've but then, so <laughs> But then it took me a while to get used to beating them. And they're like, okay, yeah, now you're just yeah. stupid laser pointers. But aside that, <laughs> I was terrified for a good long while about those things. Yeah. Well, it is fun. It's like you have that initial interaction and you see where things can go. And so it's almost like you, in a way, there's this implicit communication of potentiality for your growth you see that long-term goal and it makes you want to play like on top of everything else i think it's like a great motivator to keep people in a game but it is hard jen like you're saying mm -hmm. to strike that balance because everybody that approaches the game has a different level of tolerance about that yeah i mean yeah their knowledge and experience going into whatever the type of game is it's like well i've been playing this game since i was like two basically and it's the same thing <laughs> it's like these three games combined and like just watch me beat it really fast and it's easy and then, you know, like you hand it to your dad and it's like, cool, can you please stop jumping on the frogs? Even though it's fun. I actually, I just, anywhere. I had so much fun watching him jump on the frogs. He got so much enjoyment from those frogs. I'm like, I'm, I'm entertained already. Like, you don't have to play the rest of the game. I just know that he will have enjoyment doing that. My $60 was worth it, the frogs. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that would be a good determining factor of the difference between a casual gamer and a hardcore gamer. I think once that casual gamer is hooked on that sense of achievement, like they actually had to work to get something and that sticks with them and it, they invite the challenge of the more difficult games, mm -hmm. I think that sort of is what turns them from a casual to a hardcore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think casual gamers are able to easily just pick up and drop their the games they play. Like it's not 
Like an app, like you could delete an app at any time. But at the same time, like I think sometimes casual players don't even know they're casual players or they even label themselves like that. As like gamers. Yeah, yeah. like mm. they would, they're like, I'm not a gamer. Cause they think, when they think of the term gamer, they think of hardcore. And when a lot of the, when I was um, meeting a bunch of people and some of my initial uh, postgraduate people was that there are some older people as well that were there for the postgraduate scheme. And we were talking and I was just talking about like interaction with video games and they're like, oh, well, it's all just shoot 'em up games. I'm like, absolutely not. It's not just all shoot 'em up games. And they're like, well, what else is there? And I'm like, you should. And I pulled up Journey, which in this podcast, Jesse has told me that you guys have talked about uh, at length. I could go on forever about that game. I love it. It's like the best relaxing game to me, but it's a great, I, I would literally have my dad play this game. I would want to sit and it's just such a nice four hours. Just like, look, you don't have to spend a gazillion amount of hours. You can enjoy an experience. And they're like, what do you mean an experience? It's like, it's the joy of controlling something and freely ex giving you the sense of exploration and getting immersed in like a different world that I think theoretically that we just as kind of quotations gamers, we understand that we're like, oh, I can't wait to jump in this world like Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I can't wait to be a cowboy. Like, you don't think I can't wait to be a cowboy. It's like, I can't wait to play this game. Like, I can't wait to become immersed in this different world. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives casual, like people who don't understand that immersion aspect when I feel like I recommend Journey to them, it's like you kind of get a taste of the reason why we kind of get hooked and playing hours in a world is because we love the experience of being somewhere else completely different and someone else's creative, a whole team's creative headspace. In that whole thing that I'm just like, this is how I usually approach video games introductions to people who think that it's all just Call of Duty and Black Ops, which there absolutely is a huge demand for those games. Mm -hmm. But it's not all that. Like there's tons of great immersive games that besides just Nintendo doing family friendly stuff, there's also these like, just like there's indie movies, there's indie video games of these independent creators that are doing smaller games that give you a whole different experience. And I think that's something that's not widely known to a lot of people outside of video game yeah, knowledge. Yeah, they see of the AAAs because yeah. they get the marketing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's see all the killing one. and all of the like <laughs> Assassin's Creed stuff, which I love, but I also yeah, love yeah. my indie titles as well. Journey, for example, I think is casual in its gameplay, mm -hmm. but hardcore in its experience. Yes. Of what it's trying to bring to the player. So oh, that's a fun marker of trying to judge video games on. So it, like, how do you separate a casual game from a hardcore game? Because I don't think it's all about, I think a lot of games are about the challenge. The mechanics are simple. You jump. Complicated and the you mechanics move. are. How much <laughs> is it? Is it like a art piece? Is it trying to evoke emotions? Um, oh god to an experience how much is it trying to do that like I, I would say red dead redemption i would consider in my head a hardcore game because it has really deep mechanics and mm. involved systems but so it still i think does a good job of from what i've seen pulling you into that world and that story which itself is what is know, the other artistic triple a game that you're obsessed with Star Wars Battlefront. I know you're obsessed with that one, but uh, oh my gosh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> I was like the one with the robots in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've talked about that one a lot on this. But it said robots in the future. You would have said Star Wars anyway. <laughs> <laughs> still apply. I was like, it still um, apply. <laughs> I have a type. Um, <laughs> and me, I just want to go to Florence, Italy, and Jesse's robots in space. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I I think 
because you're so, you're so immersed in the world and that's what you did for me was that when i watched you play that i just wanted the world aspect to it yeah you weren't playing it you no. were watching and i'm so involved and so invested and when she showed when jesse showed me like the plot stuff I'm like oh my god this is cool and, <laughs> and she's like yeah this is great and i'm like yeah okay cool you're really better at uh fighting i just want to watch <laughs> this way <laughs> okay well i thought you know before we start Going to specific games, I think, you know, we sh- we could break down different aspects of casual games that draw in casual gamers. Uh, I mean, any gamers, but I think the goal here is to try to be like, okay, how can we draw non-gamers into the gaming community? I feel like with parents with, like, kids and all that stuff, it'd be fairly easy for them to, of course, like, maybe get Nintendo stuff. Possibly, like, Pokemon Go, you can get it on your phone. Like, I've... Even in uh, London, when walking around, like there's when there's an event going on, I saw parents sharing their phone with their kid and like playing around with it, which was tons of fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like family bonding. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're walking around. We're just going to go get this event where we're walking around. Was, I wow. saw like five groups of parents with kids, like having, handing their phone, like their kids didn't have the phone. I was so proud of the parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their kids were like, help them catch Pokemon. I'm like, that's really cute. Mm-hmm. But I think also with like apps and all stuff like Pokemon Go, trying to do Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is kind of bridging that gap between casual to Mm -hmm. getting people into thinking about console games. Because I think on a business level, I think for a lot of video game companies, they're like, oh, casual. I think their mentality with businesses is, oh, casuals are all on the phone. That They want to play Bejeweled. They want to play Tetris. They want to play just solitaire on their phone or chess. uh, Whereas like people, we want to get them into the console era. Uh, we want to get them in the big budget stuff like that we're actually investing a lot of money in. But that's also a lot of money to ask of someone to invest in if they really are motivated to do it. Like okay. my dad tried to when I got a PlayStation 3, he tried his darndest to play <laughs> Call of Duty 3 when it came out on the PlayStation 3. He had the manual in his lap. I'm not kidding. And he was desperately, he's like, there's so many buttons. Like he was trying so hard and I never. He's not never, wrong. No, he's not wrong. And he was like, how How do you hit a button? He could not get past level one. He was trying his best. He got past level one and I was so proud. It took him a week. Like people complain about the story mode being easy in Call of Duty. And I'm like, they did not do a very good job helping new players get into Call of Duty. Mm. They did not go over. They literally were like, here's how you run. Here's how you duck. All right, let's go to battle. That's pretty much Call of Duty 3, which was not what my dad needed. There was no way of him to get a tutorial from being a completely novice novice player mm. to then suddenly he's in the middle of a battlefield legitimately like, what is going on? There's a bomb. How do I get out? Like, he was just like, I only know how to run a duck, run a duck. Well, how do I shoot? It's a really interesting conversation or argument into like, is that their responsibility to teach new players mm-hmm. or are they assuming that you're, you're going, you're buying Call of Duty? Like what's intuitive and what's not? Mm. Do you think they should have a more fleshed out tutorial? I know hardcore gamers a lot of times if you have a longer tutorial area <laughs> twilight princess they get oh, yeah. really angry at that and they can't stand it and how dare they try to bring in new players <laughs> so it's it's that's an interesting conversation i think to have tutorials it's kind of its own separate thing but they're bringing it in but i do think it uh it definitely is like how do you get those casual players in without pissing off the hardcore players with all these tutorials explaining things that are t- intuitive to the hardcore players like yeah that's your health bar yeah that's your mana like but for someone who has not seen or played a video game before they're like what do those bars mean yeah oh god i died why 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 did the like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so 
you know, you brought up a bunch of points that I think I can just list off here that goes into like the, what may intimidate a casual player from mm-hmm. the hardcore games or the consoles. So you mentioned accessibility of hardware, right? People mm-hmm. mostly have smartphones now. Mm-hmm. Um, those games on those phones are often, because you don't have a bunch of joysticks and controllers and buttons, you it's have right. whatever you can tap on your screen, Okay, right? Steve Jobs. <laughs> but it's true, and also you have to, especially for on the UX side, you have to think about your thumbs covering up the screen when you use it, when you play the game. So you also can't see the screen when sometimes you're actively pushing a button. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that does dictate how some of the layout needs to be for the user to see what the heck they're doing when they're like, I'm just gonna slam. Like, so that has see. to simplify the gameplay mm-hmm. to something that you're only hitting a few buttons. Or, or Ninja you know. Fruit, where you're just slashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a fun game. Uh, yeah, it is a, it's a stress reliever. <laughs> <laughs> so many of those mobile games, often they know it, it's a temporary boredom killer often. Um, you're mm-hmm. not gonna sit down for hours on your couch, on your phone. Well, I think most people, I think I could generally say that mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to app games. Can so. you say it about yourself? <laughs> yes. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, like, so, even I can't say, like, I could spend a whole day on my phone oh, <laughs> like, playing with apps, one app. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So you, generally speaking, yeah, yeah. these types of games have to be played in short bursts, something that doesn't require you to have extensive memory from the, your last game session. You can sort of just hop right back into it. I don't want to use my brain. I just want to achieve. <laughs> well, there and I mean, go. there's also, this is a completely, like, slightly different tangent, but there are also some app games they try their best to immerse, like, oh, you want to do your daily bit. Like, you're just your daily bit on your app to help you get the daily things. There is an app called Food Wishes that I love the style for, but the daily login took me an hour to do the app in-game free daily things it required me to do. And I immediately like, I can't do this anymore. It's sucking up my life. I had to get rid of it mm. um, because the daily was the daily requirements of the day. I felt like I wasn't utilizing the game properly. I was getting behind and everything seemed to be progressing forward. And I felt like, well, this game doesn't make me feel good. And also if I don't see- it's a stressful experience, it's not- Yeah, it's get not, here. it's just like, uh, I want like, <laughs> this is this is a cool art style, but this is not, this too much many things but that's a tangent sorry i yeah. just was like <sighs> I well, like it. but for you you probably have the lowest tolerance of anyone that i know because you're thinking about that right i think about it because i also think about the it's really weird but i do think about the business of like the app so it's like okay a lot of them have in-app purchases a lot of them are free to play with in-app purchases and i think of when i open an app i'm like how do they balance those mm-hmm. two parts is it balanced is it fair is the time to the in-game currency, can you even get in-game currency that you could purchase with your dollars? Mm-hmm. That's the balance that I'm looking for. And if it's a good, decent balance, I'm, I, and it's also like a pretty decent game and I seem to be into it, I'll keep it around. But when I find myself sucked in and I've seen no balance in that respect, or there's, sometimes I just like, I think people, uh, a lot of consumers who are like, oh, a free to play game, I'm just gonna play it for free. And I'm like, great. But there's some games like Monument Valley, I will pay the full price to play that game because mm. sometimes it's like, that's the experience that we get when we play an Assassin's Creed game, a Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption game. We don't know the full experience. It's not a pay to play kind of thing. 
you're paying $60 hoping it's good. <laughs> like you're paying for a movie ticket and you're hoping that it's good. You can't exactly go at the end of your movie and see you watch it like, this sucked, I want my money back. You can't really do that <laughs> in a movie right. theater. For those of you that haven't played Monument Value, I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful app oh game. If you have an iPad, play it on an iPad. Yes. But um, I feel like it's one of those games that like is that weird middle ground of, yes, there's challenge and puzzles to it, but it's so artistic that it's like it feels more like an art game. <laughs> I, I downloaded it yesterday. I literally bought it yesterday because I was like, oh my God, yes, that game. Because Jesse reminded me of it. Mm -hmm. And I literally spent an hour playing it before, my, before I went to bed. And it's so relaxing, but it also, my head was like, thinking completely differently than how I normally thought. And I was like, oh my God, we're playing birth perspective and yeah. geometry. And I'm like, I love it. It's so much fun. I'm, I did the first 10 levels and I'm like, yes. Uh, an app game that isn't mindless dribble. No, um, it's- I appreciate it. It's stunningly beautiful. It's actually kind of very similar to the aesthetic of uh, Journey in its own way. Like yeah. it's kind of got the Arabic kind I, of I feel to it. I consider it like a motion graphic game. Almost. Like, it is a motion graphic. It's very motion graphic. It's a graphic designer's like, little dream. Like the style of it's so stunning. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, no, it's fine. Um, I'm just gonna hit off on these other points quickly, and then we can go into specifics. So easy access hardware, simple gameplay, ability to pick it up and down. Not a high investment to get into, like uh, you were mentioning the free to play, you know, mm -hmm. people want to spend money once they're in it, that's fine, but allowing people outright to play it for yeah. free is useful for drawing in gamers or new gamers. Especially casual players, I think, because then they're like, mm -hmm. okay, so what is this kind of thing that I'm buying myself into? And then they're like, oh, okay. Like, and then they maybe want to put money towards it eventually. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely gets a casual, like people who didn't even consider themselves gamers, maybe get them into exploring things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we sort of came up with a list of different casual game categories, and a lot of times these might toe the line between casual and hardcore, depending on their use and who's playing them, but I thought we'd go through them and talk about them. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so first up is games as art slash experience backslash story. <laughs> Colon. No, we, we, no, literally we, no, no. <laughs> we have we have actual examples. Punctuation matters. Is there, I don't, did, do you want to add any? <laughs> did you type this is in? Very, this is very comprehensive. This is I'm I'm scared looking at this. List. I mean, are there games that you, uh, Robert? I want to I don't want to make sure we're admitting anything you've played, but I'm sure you've played things that you know you don't you hadn't thought about it as casual, but a casual person could play a pickup. No, the only things I ever play are very difficult. Oh, okay, and that is all I do. Well, ever, I know for because a fact, I'm a real gamer. You Wait, have so Mario the Party on your Switch, so everything You're right. you just said. <laughs> and was, I bought I was, that recently. <laughs> I was yeah. about to say, like, what what are your games then? What are your usual no, go-tos? I, I totally kid. Oh, okay. I do. Well, I'm making. A <laughs> I don't joke. know your sarcasm yet. I just am against. You know what's really funny? <laughs> Even people that know me well, and this is probably really bad for the podcast because you can't pick up on my body language too. So it's just like, is he kidding? Like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. But no one can pick up on it except for her. Jesse knows. I do it to George all the time, not thinking about doing it. I'm not doing it to him on person. He's like, are you serious? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm kidding. He should become acclimated to it by now. <laughs> I know. I've known him for a while. You know what? That's A-OK. -okay. I'll pick it up eventually. It just takes me a sec. <laughs> I believe in you. Nah, you have quite a long list of Nintendo games on your Switch. Yeah. No, yeah, I do. You've invested I love in it. a Switch. You've given so much money to Nintendo. That's a bad thing. That's great. <laughs> well, you made this observation. So you're... 
you were I want to say you were looking at my library but really you were judging my library because that's what one does when they see someone else's game choice it's like wow okay you got that game great I know it sucks um no a lot of the games on there are as you observed a weird mix of like mainstream Nintendo IP stuff and then indies and it's like okay I guess there's no middle ground in your mm-hmm. preference which is kind of true and I think a lot of the indie stuff cheats more towards what was being referenced earlier in the conversation of like you know a lot of game mechanic conventions and things that have been established by like major game titles going into it Mm -hmm. yeah this is a platformer so we don't need to tell you how that works you just kind of jump in then Mm -hmm. like there's actually a um i don't know if i would consider this a casual game it's a really interesting example and i'm not referencing anything on your list i'm sorry but have you guys played Limbo? Oh my god. I never no. played it, but I saw it being played. I have seen Let's it being it. played. I will never play it because I hate horror games. And I don't like things that jump out at me. So this is weird, but I haven't played it either. I played the game that came after it that's basically like more or less the same thing. It's called Inside. Mm. Um, same studio. Wait, I have seen this. It was where this boy is running. Yes. Which is also scary. I've watched the Game so. Grimms play that on a Let's Play. And thank God I did. I couldn't have gotten through that game by myself. <laughs> I would have been terrified. It's freaky as hell. And oh. it just gets so weird. By it does. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's very strange. <laughs> well, I guess what a casual, would someone off the street be able to pick it up and play it? Well, that's why I bring it up is mm-hmm. because absolutely maybe because, <laughs> well, because it has, you know, the Mario trope, which is adopted in every platformer. It's basically like that entire mega, mega giant genre of if you go to the right, you go to the left. That's basically it. You can jump sort of, but a lot of the actions are like you run into an object and then there's this automatically generated animation mm-hmm. and it does all the stuff. So I think you could get into it to a certain point but the typical the difficulty spikes are pretty weirdly placed and some of them are early so it's for me it's like i think if i was more of like a casual gamer i'd be like cool i don't care to see this through because i think it's like a movie yeah there's no title screen or anything it's just like you just like you turn on the game and it's like oh you're in the game now there's no like prompts on controls mm. or anything like that. Mm. I think if there was an integration, and I, I immediately I thought of like, and I saw Firewatch on our list, and I was like, it's very similar to like an experience like a movie, where a lot of these indie mm. games kind of bridge like the storytelling aspects. And I feel like for getting maybe more casual players who are used to more of a storytelling aspect and knowing that they can actually interact with and move towards something on screen, that would be interesting. Because I think inside. Because you're immediately, and this isn't spoiling anything about the game, it's the initial first scene you're in is your boy running through the woods and people are trying to find you. And the first thing intuitively that you don't want to do is the authorities to find you because you apparently are not supposed to be here. So you intuitively don't want the authorities to find you. Thus, you hide yourself in trying to figure out how to get past it while still going to the right. Because there's negative space to the right. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be where your only way you can head is to the right. Mm -hmm. So it's like... The having maybe some more intuitive things of like a person in a situation. Well, granted, like inside didn't prompt you like, hey, don't get caught by the authorities. It didn't have that achievement unlocked kind of thing mm-hmm. going on right. that some AAA games may have where it's like, as soon as you get caught, you have, you get real restart in your, sp- in your spot and you're like, oh, well, I shouldn't get caught by authorities. Maybe I should avoid them. Right. So yeah. kind of trial by error, maybe a little bit. But. No, absolutely. And I, everything I say is to your point, it's not anything negative about the game's design at no. all. Yeah. I just say that to say like in the casual hardcore distinction, it's kind of like a little bit of a toss up 
but they do do a brilliant job of giving you contextual feedback for your actions and nodding you in the right way to go based on the feedback that you get based on experimentation, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. And I think there's a lot of that in casual gaming too. That's core, that's good game design. Like everyone go, always uses the first Mario platformer as an example it's, of it's great, how yeah. the first level teaches you to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can teach you in that first five minutes of playing and like nudge you like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have done that, do it this way, they've got you hooked. I'm yeah, stupidly totally. smiling because I was going to bring this up too. Yeah. But I think, because it doesn't tell you that Mario can jump, but I think on the cover art, they do show Mario jumping on mm-hmm. the cover of the game. So you know Mario can mm. jump before you even start the game. Yeah, I think. I don't know. No, I, mean, I right. should have looked it up. But it's yeah. like before you even get it, you know that he could jump. Yeah. So when you're in the game, you're like, oh, what do I need about the press? Jump. Before you even read the manual. Yeah. I think this is where all gamers start. You're given a game and you're given the controller. And if you're not told in a manual or whatever, I think most gamers don't really necessarily go to the manual first. They sort of just jump right in. Mm -hmm. But what do you do? You press buttons, you move buttons, see what do do they do? And that's really easy to pick up on Mario or any platformer. Oh, Mm -hmm. this button's the jump. You move with the joystick and maybe some extra buttons do something special. I think that's why casual gamers could definitely play limbo or inside Mm. there's not many buttons to learn Mm -hmm. and as long as they get a sense of achievement for moving forward that could hook them there is also kind of a contrast to that because i remember when i very first played assassin's creed i picked it up randomly i saw a guy with a really cool hood and i'm like this game looks like it's for me and i had no idea going into it and the first thing that you do when you play that game is that you have every single item unlocked on your character and you can do everything and there's a horde of army coming toward you Mm. and i have no idea how to play at all and this is the first ubisoft game i've ever played and i'm like what do i do and that's like me and smash brothers where i'm like i'm just button mashing how oh my god i'm killing everything it's funny you say that i was just about to say super smash bro as like can, yeah. It can look super intimidating to oh, like a casual but- gamer. Oh, I button smash and I piss off so many hardcore people. <laughs> exactly, but that's just it. You can button mash as a casual and not know what buttons you're hitting mm-hmm. and still sort of get away with it. And over time, multiple button mashing and just you know learning that you get better but like Mm. you still have a chance and it's still somewhat fun but granted (laughs) like with assassin's creed like for that first game uh that they came out like they had all the things unlocked and then immediately after you were like i fumbled around trying to get the freaking task done it strips you of everything so you have to collect everything again and then you have the tutorial for everything and in my head i'm like wait so I had all my stuff and I kind of got used to it. And you just got me stripped down nothing. And I'm like, damn it. So the <laughs> like, first game literally throws, gives you everything. everything. And, they and literally they just it. throw you with an army coming towards you and like, good luck. And I'm like, oh my God, what? I feel like that has a hit or miss reaction. It, because... I, I was so determined to play the game that I wanted to learn it. Yeah. Whereas, like, someone going into it probably wasn't going to be super into it. Because there's so many different things you have in your inventory and Assassin's Creed. Anyone who's played that franchise, they know. There's a lot of stuff into it. And it's, like, to slowly accumulate that back over the game is a great little tutorial, kind of very much like Legend of Zelda. They do that first, though. Yeah. They don't throw everything at you, like, here's an army. Have fun. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. How do I get my sword out? Like, (laughs) that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're like, have fun. And I'm like, was it easy for you to die at that first level? Oh, yeah. I think I died twice. See, because when. I don't know if you've ever played, I play Hyrule Warriors like crazy, um, and that's based off the Dynasty Warriors game, where it's just like hordes of enemies are at you, and like you can kill 10 enemies in one swipe type of deal. That, 
I totally understand them throwing you everything at once and you just taking the time to learn because it's incredibly hard for them to kill you. Like it's such, they just throw numbers at you. It's mm-hmm. like, but they're all super weak. So I could understand that, but like it would be hard to push away a character if you know, you're not being killed easily. Like I think the losing and being killed is what pushes away characters, uh, people. But yeah, that, that doesn't make sense to me. That yeah. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I'm surprised I, I got hooked enough where I'm like, I want to play that guy with a hood for so determinedly. And I don't know what it was in me, but my little teenage mind was like, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. but, Challenge accepted. But I, I've been giving them so much money ever since then. So yeah. <laughs> well, the story, that's an example of the story in the world enticing you enough to keep going. So. It's really weird, but the cover art did a good job for me. Good job, artist that did cover art. Yep, good job. (laughs) Plod, plod to you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so definitely think, where should we start with this? Well, Um, we were talking about the games, art, experience, (laughs) and story. So I mean, like. Oh yeah, art, experience, story. But yeah, so like, what does this game provide other than like achievements? Are, Are you getting a cool story? Like, are you getting a, like you were saying earlier with Journey, like it's just, it's, it's an emotional journey. It's. I, that feeling of contentment I get at the end of the game is sort of what mm-hmm. made that fun for me. Exploring the world, uh, it's it's literally, there's just a jump button. That's it, right? And you move around and there's a jump button. Pretty much. Um, and you chirp at someone else who joins yeah, you on so your the journey. the mechanics aren't. What's, there's no stopping a casual player from playing that if they wanted to. And that's actually been my go-to to introduce play people who have never played a video game before i'm like if you ever wanted to jump in have like an experience with a video game i highly recommend journey and that's always my first recommendation ever because it is so neutral that and just so abstract and so simple that anyone i feel like could pick it up and intuitively just based on the simple beautiful visual cues of that game just go in and have an experience completely unique to their own Mm-hmm. And if they have someone joining them on that journey, it's even more fun because then you get a little helper sometimes. I probably yeah. played that game like over like the whole story probably about five times. And I still always felt like I kind of had a different experience every time I did that. Yeah. And that's it's something. Like, it's not even story because no. it's like there's very loose story that can be it's, interpreted different ways. It's it's experience. It literally is just pure experience. Although what I do think is funny, that's <laughs> maybe I am jumping ahead, but I do think it's funny. It's listening. Here's the Stanley parable. I kind of want my dad to play a this game just to see something mess with his head as much as he messes with my head. I want him to play this Danny Bear. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, yes. you touched upon this earlier, but walking simulators, which that would fall under, as in like you're literally the camera, but like you don't, like there may be an interaction button and that's it. You move around, you don't have to have any previous knowledge of game mechanics. It's It'll just, walk you through it every it's, way. You're, you're, you're playing the movie, right? You're the main character in this movie. So yeah, like Firewatch is an example of that. I think Mist is one of the earlier, mm-hmm. older examples that people got introduced to that style. It was more popular. Ob- Obzu, or Obzu, I believe, was the next one after. I think that's more like Journey-like. So yeah. the the thing that makes these all kind of in the same category is their primary intent for the audience is for them to take in all the beautiful visuals and mm-hmm. to experience a story, and anything that impedes that is a no-no. I think if the mechanics get in the way of that, or like achievements get in, the, like it. Oh, it yeah, it doesn't feel. Yeah, good. it's not in that category. This is the experience, the story. Mm. Although the Stanley Parable the makes is fun of the achievement sometimes, which is funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, a parody. Oh yeah, comedy. It's it's an it's its own one. weird thing, but it's it definitely deserves a, a place in the experience. And uh, 
Whereas like, I feel like what's really weird is that I think Shadow of the Colossus and Ico are experienced, but they're also very linear in the story as well. The gameplay itself is very simple. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more involved. Like you have a sword and, is there a bow and arrow on there? I forget. I think there is, yeah, there is a bow and arrow. Cause you have you to use it for You ride your horse around. But if you look at the screen, there's like almost no user interface. It mm. almost has that feel of the yes. <laughs> oh, and riding yeah, yeah. your horse. Have you played Shadow of Colossus? No, I, I want to like now just because like there's to. no UI. Oh, uh, oh, it's such a beautiful game. Like you're expected to figure it out. It's oh, like yeah. you're mm. thrown in there with nothing. Yes. And there are only a few control commands, and you figure that out. Oh, you will feel in that game. You yeah. will feel. I feel like it's I'm more. I'm not ready. It's, it's about. Prepare your emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the emotional experience through that. And yeah, I think this one stands out a little bit more from the others because there is a bit of challenge when it comes to defeating the Colossus. But it's not like there's mm-hmm. complicated things you have to do. It's like it ends up being very. Almost, I was like thrown the first time I'm playing it because. I expected there to be more complicated actions to do, but it's like, no, There's you so literally many... have a bow and arrow and a sword and you can Your horse. climb. How do you use those three actions mm. to take down this towering monster? There are like mm. some, col- like two of the medium sized Colossus that are more puzzle based. Like you have to do something kind of a little bit different than the other ones that are the more the smaller ones. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not giving anything away. That's just like, they do change it up a bit because you get these huge tower ones and then you get these tiny little ones sometimes you're like oh my god like what do i do with you (laughs) yeah but that calls back to what i said Mm -hmm. earlier about hey something so it's very difficult Mm -hmm. come back to it later once you have the more simpler ones figured Mm -hmm. out and you have a better understanding yeah yes you should definitely play that one robert is that a playstation exclusive i believe so yes ha another reason dang it (laughs) put that on your side one tally for jesse fine <laughs> so let's bring it back we talked about arcade games before yeah, that's really funny that's not an arcade games uh, i was a huge ddr fan oh you're thinking like later uh, later gen later gen a card yeah i have lost many a money to a ddr my very thought out categories here you're mixing my rhythm music I'm games with my arcade in these eggs well, okay, even with DDR, though, like, most card game games, they have very limited buttons that's very easily labeled for mm-hmm. any gamer walking up to it, and it, it's very simple, but like we said earlier, it, the difficulty has a steep incline after the first few levels. Because, I mean, I've played Pac-Man, and I've probably gotten to the third level, and then something crazy with the ghost happened, and I'm like, ah, freaking crap, I can't do it. But I haven't gotten that far ever in Pac-Man with an arcade game. Arcades are interesting because I think anyone can go up and play the first few levels and they feel accomplished, but it's only the hardcore gamers that really know every single thing about this game and have practiced and studied the art of this game. There was something in that Donkey video where, and I did not know this and it's very surprising, but and I, I assume it's intentional, but at some certain point in, I guess like level 12, 13 or something like that, when you're getting you know, progressing down the line, it's whenever you get those bigger white dots Mm -hmm. that turn the ghost blue so you can eat them, Mm -hmm. stupid ghost. At some point, like halfway through in your progress, that just stops working. So it's like, cool, I made it all this way. I can't imagine the frustration of figuring that out when you're putting quarters in there and it would probably be like, oh, it's just a bug. And then you go do it again, it works again. It's like, what, what, what is this? 
I think if I'm remembering this correctly, if you split the levels into like, let's say three sections, each level up you go, the white dot, you get less and less time with that power up and you hit the end of that section where it's, it's almost, you almost have no time whatsoever with that dot. And then you get to the next section and it resets almost, um, Um. not to the amount of time you originally got, but it's like, it almost gives you a breather. You're like, okay. You don't have to do multiple levels in a row where you practically have no time with this power up. So I think that's an interesting way that they designed it to slightly reward you for getting past a certain chunk. That's brilliant. Yeah. That'll give us some quarters. Mm. So kind of bridging on the simple, I I finally looked up the thing. It's Dragon's Lair uh, animated by Don Bluth. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, So it's, the mechanics are literally up, down, left, right. That's the only thing, or maybe jump. Those are the only things that you can make this knight do or attack. And I think that's the only thing. And you have such a limited amount of time to react that it's almost hardcore level amount of difficulty with some things you didn't even know you needed to react. A bat just randomly like hit you in the head for some reason. And then you just fell off a cliff and died. Like there's just so many things in Dragon's Lair that made it almost impossibly difficult that only hardcore level arcade players would be able to do anything about it because you had to know every single pattern that happened and sometimes it happened randomly where certain scenes were moved earlier than others just to get your money but the animation style was gorgeous so it's like simple casual like yeah just go up down like attack or jump like yeah it's so easy like look at the small little buttons and then it's like death awaits you <laughs> wow the deception I used oh. to be an adventurer like you but then a bat materialized and hit me in the face oh, and then I fell off and then I fell off a cliff <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of like that level of arcade. Like, yeah, the buttons are so easy. Like, yeah. Or like one of those like shooter arcade games. Well, yeah, it's just shooting and all that stuff. Like, it's fine. And then they all come out. Like, all these zombies come out and hoarding you. And I'm like, oh, God. No. Yeah. <laughs> so the illusion of simplicity. The illusion of casualness with arcade games. But deceptively. Speaking of the illusion be. of difficulty. That leads us into puzzle or critical thinking games. Oh, yeah. Mm. Very simple game mechanics, right? I think this is more of like an approachable challenge for mm-hmm. yeah. uh, casual gamers. So Tetris, uh, very approachable. All you have to do is mm-hmm. rotate your pieces, have them stack in line with each other. Uh, yeah, you say that and it sounds so easy, but I'm going to die prematurely because I play Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think those are games that there's casual players I can be interested in being you know, like, using their brain. Like I played yeah. solitaire with real cards many a time, but when I could play it on the computer on an old Dell, old Dell tower back in the day, my dad's old computer. And I remember when I got the fireworks for the first time, I was like, oh my God. It was like an adrenaline rush of like, I got, got the, account. I got digital fireworks. I will make this happen again. And I played solitaire way too much. Like my dad never had to worry about me going on the internet ever. Cause I just played solitaire on the computer. So audience, what you're is <laughs> if you played solitaire on the computer or uh, Minesweeper, that's another popular one. I didn't know then I you are Minesweeper. a gamer. All right. Ha, I, you may gotcha. be a casual gamer, I, I but could, you're a gamer. I could go into a... I could never get into Minesweeper. I swear, I always clicked on the bomb. I never knew how people not clicked on that freaking thing. The first time. The I first always click I on. always clicked on it. You and just I'm want like, the easy way out. And I'm just like, I don't get the joy of this <laughs> game. I never did. <laughs> numbers. You don't like numbers? And- I freaking love it. I um, will handle algebra, but that's about all I, do. I want to handle. Minesweeper is a different kind of evil. I, love I agree. Minesweeper. <laughs> <laughs> you really? I love it so much. I tra- actually the other day tried to find an app that had the equivalent of it. <laughs> Just to revisit the old days. <laughs> the old days of Minesweeper. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, you know, we've listed a bunch of old school games, but I was trying to think of like puzzle critical thinking games now. And the, the one I, I played most recently probably was Portal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, really simple mechanics at the end of the day, jumping and portal creating. The introduction to the idea of a portal was so well laid out in the beginning of the game because that is kind of like a really weird headspace to think about. Just I'm just thinking about on a video game like introduction level to begin with. I remember that when I first played Portal, they had you go and you saw yourself entering and exiting the room itself to literally like, this is what's actually happening. You're not teleport, you're, you're kind of teleporting, but you're in control. So for those of you who don't know what Portal is, um, yeah. which I'm hoping it's not the case because it's an awesome game. Basically your powers is you shoot a gun to create an entrance portal and you shoot again to create the exit. Sometimes it's a hard thing to wrap someone's head around. Yeah, so it's like if you shoot on one wall, the entrance, and then on the opposite side of the room, the other wall, the exit, you're creating your doorway. But I think what you're saying, it's that weird scenario of like the first time experiencing that for both casual and hardcore gamers, you have a completely new perspective. Mm-hmm. And I don't think many people have come across that in gaming. So it's like you're, you're forcing hardcore players to that casual level of like, it's that whole new novice, like everyone's a novice when they first play Portal. This is a completely new mechanic that I'm surprised has ever been done. Yeah. So everyone kind of starts off on the same foot. And um, the way the camera angle works specifically, they lock the camera actually in that specific room to make sure that you understand the base in and out of how that portal gun works yeah. before you continue on. And I thought that was incredibly genius on the side of the game developers on that because it, it it does get my head sometimes hurts with some of the puzzles that later come out in Portal. Yeah, but I think that's what's interesting really between good. the first and second one too. Did you play the second one? I never was able to play the second one. Oh no! Well, like the first <laughs> one was all about the novelty of this new game mechanic, mm-hmm. and like yeah, they had a little bit of story in the background, but. The second one was like full on story. Explore this world with this interesting game mechanic. I, I thought that was a really interesting step up. Like how can we make a proper sequel? So. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Jen, you need to do something for science and for, for our, mostly for our entertainment. For science. Please go get your dad to play Portal and then come back and tell us how it goes. I think I want him to play this. I don't think he'll mentally understand what's going on. I. I I think, but you made it sound so simple. It's just like you're just in one portal, out they, the other. Are they capable of taking on that perspective? Of That's like the thinking thing. about puzzles like, in that way. My dad mm-hmm. has to be in the mental state for a puzzle. I think the Stanley Parable would be easier for my dad because he's like, oh, and I'm just gonna literally, I'll lay out the groundworks of this video game. Like, dad, this is a fun experience where you just try to listen to the audio and see what happens. And it's the best, like, you see what happens, but he might get frustrated, he might just end, rage quit on prayer. He's like, why is nothing happening the way it's supposed to happen? This is not the thing. <laughs> that's the part. It's like, I just want to see him rage. <laughs> and that's seriously yeah. terrible. I think it definitely takes a certain type of mind, whether you're hooked yeah. on that. Like, do you like that type of puzzle um, solving? So. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of my dad. I don't know if he likes visual puzzles like that where I feel like Portal is like visual piecing parts together with Mm. having some sort of sense of physics with it. I think he'd enjoy the physics side of it, but he's not a visual puzzle person. He's more like numbers and he's more like letters, Mm. putting things together in like Tetris is kind of his his thing. Whereas like, I don't think he's more of a visual puzzle solver. That's the only way I can kind of describe it where I think maybe later generations, maybe that's just how it is. Like 
I don't know. Or maybe it's just your dad. That's just my dad. He loves his numbers. <laughs> I'd be interested to get my parents in front of Portal, see what would happen. Oh, your dad would be hilarious. I want that recorded. <laughs> oh, my God. He would just do so much crazy stuff with Portal. <laughs> I, uh, actually, the physics thing you mentioned is a good segue into my next topic with multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I listed as one of the multiplayer games that I think anyone casually could get into is Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever. Oh my this. god, yeah. it's so frustrating though. Really, really, I well, like the monkey the always falls off for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a game, one of the few games my all of my family played when I was younger on the GameCube. But what it's so simple, it's just moving with your joystick forward, right? And you have to rely on the path and the physics of it all. Made me pull my hair out as a kid. <laughs> that monkey never stayed on the path. You're doing what I tell I can, you to do. It's like, I monkey, can, no! <laughs> I get to beat hordes in Assassin's Creed, but I can't roll this monkey in a ball. That's why I went straight <laughs> to killing people after that. I was like, I'm going straight to Assassin's Creed oh after this. Oh. I'm tired of the super monkey ball. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thing also with the uh, was Super Mario Sunshine. Anything that had to do with that mechanic of like being on a ball and rotating, I'm like, oh no, not this again! <laughs> <laughs> well, I just takes an understanding of physics that maybe you didn't have no <laughs> apparently not oh as God. a kid i rage quit <laughs> yeah. I, can't handle it. Yeah. I can't handle the physics <laughs> but in theory for most people super monkey ball is what i would think be very accessible even mm-hmm. if it is rage inducing by the at certain points third. yes yeah but yeah that's a great example i think mm-hmm. multiplayer games on consoles your racing games mario kart even like your racing games on mm-hmm. what's your Gran Turismo, or what are some of the big Need for Speed, um, Fast and Furious stuff, Forza, and stuff. Forza. I don't know. I don't know. They play the car yeah. games. I mean, that's <laughs> people, casual gamers can understand that because at the end of the day, most oh, yeah. people drive. They can understand the start, stop, steer. What's really funny is that um, it's one thing that's not listed that I'll touch on, but I remember when we were playing GameCube with my dad, and we had a racing game, and we had a FIFA sports game, and. We never understood the mechanics of either game. We, we don't were, talk sports games here. Well, I'm Not just lie. saying it was <laughs> it was funny because we never like I didn't know how to we didn't know how to break the car, like actually turn on the brakes of the car mm-hmm. until like wait, we didn't what's the manual? Like we didn't learn to read the manual. <laughs> like we just like we just go from room, like let's go. Uh with the cube. But what's really funny is that we played like even though I was probably twelve we had no idea how to play the FIFA soccer, soccer game. And then we scored. We're like, we don't know who side scored. What's your team? What's mine? Like, we did not know how to play whatsoever, but we just wound up like goofing around anyways. We never read the manual. The manual made no sense. Like they had those flashcards showing you like, here's every single thing on the field. Cause I knew how to play soccer. I played soccer for years. My dad was my coach. Mm-hmm. We could not play the GameCube version of soccer for the life of us. There's two levels of hardcoreness to sports games. But I hate those cards. You know when things are loading and they're like, oh, here's all the buttons and oh, what they yeah. mean. That's what came up for the soccer FIFA game. <laughs> and I'm like, can we just see that? But just like in the tutorial, they was not, it, it was really bad. Learn it all really fast. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here you go. It's loading. Okay, there you go. We're like, we don't know how to play. <laughs> don't yourself. There's two levels of difficulty to sports games. There's the mechanics. But even if you learn the mechanics, you have to know the sport. I always lacked in the knowing the sport department. So yeah, me too. See, I knew this. My dad, I knew the sport. We had no idea how to work the mechanics. <laughs> See, that's why racing games are fine. Most people understand. There's a s- cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's usually an accelerator. It pushes you yeah. forward and steer. There you go. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, just because for multiplayer games, the sports thing is also. Definitely, that's something we just sort of omitted from our lack of experience, but yeah. That's I, my only experience. <laughs> well, Wii Sports, 
I can do Wii Sports. That, oh, yeah. Actually, oh I think they... Uh, do you guys remember all the advertisements for the Wii I before do. it came out? And they would come with the Wii would like to play. Almost every one of those ads was always a family playing together. And I'm, they were selling that Wii Sports that came packaged in with the game. And that's one of those games that anyone could pick up. Like, that's what they were selling this new controller on. Like, you don't have to know all the buttons, right? Just swing it. Just swing your controller and don't throw it into the TV. Yeah, wear um, the brace because my dad's girlfriend at the time almost hit the TV throwing the controller. My dad's no like, way. put the I'm one instruction you have when the. And I'm like. <laughs> My dad and I looked at her like, you almost broke the TV. And she's like, whoops. And we're like, put the brace on. <laughs> My dad and I actually did hurt our arms playing tennis too long. Like the Wii Tennis. <laughs> like that was a perfect It got God. so intense. Like we could not end. Actual <laughs> injury for Wii Sports. <laughs> but we were like, oh, my arm's so sore. It's like, we're going to play tennis. <laughs> Why? Really intense. That's great. Why do you think the Wii sold so well? I think it's honestly, they got so many new casual players to buy a console mm-hmm. because they sold it as that classic handheld controller you're used to like you don't have to worry about that you have mm-hmm. it's a new way of playing that anyone could play with and that's how they marketed it it worked so well and i think that's one of the reasons that we didn't work well because oh no we're back to that fancy controller and you know mm-hmm. just, too many buttons because the Wii did not have that many like, buttons you know, on the controller improper marketing and all that but um <laughs> yeah i mean that's it gently yeah that's I putting love it very gently my wii u don't get me wrong. Oh, you Wii made, U is awesome. You made yes. me fall in love with Wii U because I was like, oh, I had a Wii. And I'm like, well, I'm PlayStation Land now for the mm-hmm. longest time. And then mm-hmm. I played your Wii U and I'm like, Xenoblade completely kind of got me. And I was like, oh, God, this is awesome. I'm like, oh, God, what the heck? Like, and Having then, a separate map on a screen separate? Yeah. Here. Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, accessibility of hardware we mentioned before mm-hmm. that we did that. Especially when you have all these like adapters now, like steering wheels you can throw on your mm-hmm. controller or like a mm-hmm. bow and arrow thing you could throw on your yeah. controller. Uh, Nintendo Labo is sort of doing that now. Because do you remember when mm-hmm. Wii was a thing and they had those little cars that parents were making little carts yeah. out of cardboard no boxes way. for their oh kids? Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I would <laughs> do that for my children. Oh my God. Like... <laughs> I was like, that's parent what Nintendo win. Lab was doing. And that's They're the thing. It. But that's <laughs> the thing. Literally. That's literally yeah. what they were doing. And I'm like, Nintendo Lab is genius, but I don't see the point of me buying it. But I was like, oh my God, please have these parents that made those cardboard boxes for their kids for the Wii. Like, they're like, yes! Like, yeah. finally official. Piano. We're going to teach you piano on like eight keys. Yeah. I was kind of the same way in a really distant part of my consciousness when I saw Nintendo Lab. I'm like, can I get connected with like a foster community and then have the ultimate goal of just building something with a kid? Is that weird? No. That was kind of my mentality too. No, you're totally, I'm right there with you because I was like, I want to see the joy of a child like experience that the Nintendo Lab because that was exactly like the feeling of emotion you're like you made this thing out of this cardboard and now it's an object you're an engineer (laughs) yeah exactly and it's like science (laughs) and also excellent graphic design packaging (laughs) yes really though it really is it's a it's a combined of the sciences (laughs) so these multiplayer games the ones that they're encouraging your whole family to buy of course they have to be easy enough for your casual gamer that what these games specifically are geared for now you have your multiplayer online games and your shooters and stuff and that's a bit more complicated but nintendo does a great job of trying to bring the whole family in Mm -hmm. i mentioned mario party earlier is in your library it is now my library but Mm. um 
Well, I think the great success of Mario Party is also the fact that it's a board game, which a lot of baby boomers have played a board game. Mm -hmm. It's all laid out in a board game. And also the mini games, they all have their introduction of anyone who's never played it. They all mandatory have that introduction of like, here's the buttons, like play it a little bit. You can also play the thing without actually being your actual live one. So you get practice time. You get practice time. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's really nice to just like, oh yeah, all I have to do is like run and jump. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I got this. Everyone gets on the same page before they actually go into it. Which makes it fair and also makes it vicious as well. Because Mario Party (laughs) tests everyone's friendship. (laughs) And in that way, it's a lot like Monopoly. Except for at the end of Monopoly, Peach doesn't come in and go, oh, I'm just going to give a random person a star. It's like, why? And this that probably draws drives hardcore <laughs> gamers up the wall because they're all like stats and skills and what you came in and gave this person points for you know doing participation this participation <laughs> this isn't <laughs> supposed to be fun <laughs> yeah. so where I get my self worth <laughs> yeah so I think you definitely have to set aside that like challenge aspect and you know not mm-hmm. let it get to you really it's for fun. Something you can do by yourself or with friends, rhythm and music games. Mm, I my think, favorite. Yeah. Yes. Those, I think most of the ones I've come across, such as Dance Dance Revolution, Just Dance, Guitar Hero, Rock Band, they generally, because they're based around instruments um, or certain dance moves, it's, it's simple enough. Like there's only a certain amount of buttons or things to interact with, and it's more about getting the rhythm of it and that's the challenge so i think and a lot of times these games have different difficulty levels that can bring in anyone and also like part of like i think also branching off of just dance they also advertise for people who probably never picked up a game like oh you can do zumba you can do kickboxing as well on this like you can use this for uh, your athletic like exercise indoors and for a lot of people that's really good because you actually will exert a lot of energy because if I, yeah. I have played Just Dance for like 30 minutes and I'm on the floor <laughs> and Jesse's just like, are you okay? Like, yeah, just played a few songs. Gotta go back into it. Yeah, so you have the exercise. Gotta <laughs> yeah. go true. play this song again. True. I'm so Verified. close. That is true. You have the challenge of it. You have um, the fun of it. And you have like those extra perks, like the exercise maybe that are getting people to play. Mm-hmm. And also... Just on a side note, when my company did, uh, they had a, the HR guy had a uh, connect, it was like fitness day. Mm-hmm. Me and the two, we callers, we were like, okay, we're the gamer girls. And all the guy, all the like the older sales guys were like, yeah, we'll get the kickboxing thing. Like we know how to do it. But I knew they were kicking from the side, like on their actual plane. They didn't realize they needed to kick in front in the Z space of the Xbox. <laughs> so when I watched Oops. them do it, it's like, okay, you guys, like that's a really nice high score. And I beat them and I beat my record twice. And I'm like, okay, yeah, so let me know when uh, anyone beats my record <laughs> all day no one could beat it they're like how'd you do it and i'm like i don't know you seem like such a hardcore gamer gen i know but at you the same time i'm just like it's fun to beat all those sales guys <laughs> like just as a little bit of that's gotta feel good it was what we were talking about good. earlier about having some like knowledge from previous gaming like you knew z space counts they did not know that yeah you know that's and actually to them. and then i made it fair yeah. and i actually did tell them after pretty much the last hour i was like look I'll tell you exactly, like, because I wanted to be fair, because I'm like, look, punch forward, kick forward. And they could not think differently than what they already knew. Yeah. And they had a hard time reacting to things as they came up on screen, because I was used to that. Years of DDR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was used to that reacting things on screen. But yeah. that was 
just me trying. I'm not trying to be like, yeah, I beat them. I didn't tell them, but no, I did actually tell them because I'm like, no, it's Look. okay. You can boast here. Uh, yeah, I'm just fine. like, just a little, just a little, just a little <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> Started yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Jen yeah. is dusting off her shoulder right now. It's just like yes. Wow. I beat all the kickboxing people, and I could probably do it again. All very of the easily. middle-aged men that never played this game before. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I beat them all. They didn't know what to do, but I did. <laughs> That's a conversation I have with my parents a lot whenever gaming's brought up, and I'm like, try this, and they're like, no. It, the argument they always bring up is that like we just we just can't we're not like built for that like we just that's like past us we're, we're past that point of learning in our life that, that. That, that that's not completely untrue i that's what i argue that's weird you were willing to do it for your smartphone yeah well here's the thing my dad is willing to do it for photoshop and he is gonna turn 60 next year and no he's way. learned cool. photoshop and all this stuff for his photography stuff and all the software that he's beyond me in certain aspects of photo editing in some respects. Cool. But That's at the awesome. same time, it's like he constantly knows that he can learn some stuff. It's just what he's willing to invest his time to learn. He's not going to really pick up a video game and like, yeah, I want to learn video games. Like, no, he's interested in what he wants to learn, like photography stuff. So, I mean, I think it's also based That's on... That's the correct argument to make. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also just like, what are they willing to be introduced exactly. to? Exactly, Because I think it's possible oh absolutely for it's... older people with younger games to get on board it's just they don't have that pre-existing learning curve like games like fortnite now i uh i can get a sense of how to play it i haven't played it myself and i'm sort of intimidated by it. <laughs> i'm intimidated by all the kids that say they play it and i'm like i I'm so intimidated by all you kids playing this game. If I time to it, I could become somewhat adequate at it. Maybe we should get best. I don't want to. Maybe we should. That's the thing. Like, I don't want to either. But at the same time in my head, I'm like, I want to be that old that old person. Like, yeah, I suddenly came into your game. I mastered it. And I'm just going to yeah, walk out, swag out. <laughs> like, swag out. Because I don't want to be that seven-year-old. I know. <laughs> doesn't have and like, an, I play a job. Fortnite. I play Fortnite. I play Fortnite. And they're like, I want to. I want. I want to own this game. You know what happens? <laughs> that's the South Park World of Warcraft episode happens. That's oh what happens. yeah, that's what so. happens. But I do have to say, like, I think with Fortnite's very easy. Of course, like tons of kids are playing. I think that that's their like our generation. I feel like because they were all fairly the same. It's like our gateway drug into freaking video games was Pokemon, and the Game Boy and all that stuff. Oh man, I missed out. Oh, you missed out? Yeah, I did not do Pokemon. Oh, what, what was your... I guess I did everything else because I'm doing a podcast about video games. So you know what? Well, because... Oh, I mean, Sorry. what was... continue. Please No, continue. but I mean, like, I feel like Fortnite is kind of what this new generation of, like, video game, like, Minecraft was a big part of the generation kind of before this for all those kids that were from, like, 9 to 5, like, about five years ago. Minecraft was the big thing for kids to play. And yeah. now it's like Fortnite's the big thing. So hmm. I'm curious, like, what kind of games, like, when these kids get to age and they want to make the games, like, I'm curious what games they will be making based on this stuff. Fortnite and hmm. Minecraft, it's interesting you bring that up because I think those are examples of games that can be taken casually or hardcore. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. It's because they're very, Minecraft specifically, it's very just, like, do with it what you want. Um, like there's a set amount of rules that then just go crazy so i i think that's why it has such a large appeal is because yeah you could take it very seriously and make the most like are you trying to make me feel bad 
You're calling me out. I, I don't know what your stance is. Wait, what is exactly it describing Minecraft? what I did with Minecraft. I'm like, because, you know, the first impression is exactly what Jen just described, which is like, oh, it's a little kid's game. And then it's like one of my friends had it on his Xbox, and he's my age. I respect his opinion. He's like, hey, you got to check out Minecraft. Oh, so I did. Minecraft's available for all ages. I'm saying, yeah. like, there's a generation of kids that start off with their first game being Minecraft. No, absolutely. And it informs a lot of, like, what they learn as being intuitive for gaming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, totally. No, it's you're... a perfect game to bring casuals on yeah. and turn them into hardcores. Fortnite, I think maybe because it's on mobile now, and I think because it's pretty easy to control on mobile or pretty simple, it's simple enough to control on mobile, so it's simple enough, I think, that people could give it a try and not be completely turned off. Probably turned off by the hardcore gamers that take it way too seriously. Mm-hmm. Those are good examples of conversion well, games. But what yeah. I think is interesting yeah. is that there's another free-to-play game that could turn pretty much very quickly into hardcore is League of Legends. That, I'm so intimidated by League of Legends. I am so intimidated by League of Legends because I feel like that is the same category as like wow for me, like World of Warcraft, because there's so much in depth with the learning curve of that. Because I've talked to a few people who are players of League of Legends and they do enjoy it. They're like, they're like, we'll never be rank. It's like, that's NFL where we're just like, we just want to play like basketball, like in our neighborhood. And I'm like, wait, this is a free-to-play game, right? They're like, yeah, but there's a level of hardcore. Like, there's a reason why people play this in tournaments. And like, oh my god, like it's so mm. intimidating to try and do League of Legends. But I also like love what the business is doing with all the videos and all the stuff that come out. So I enjoy watching it as a spectator. But I'm intimidated as hell to ever try and get in there and try and play League of Legends, even though it is free to play. Mm-hmm. And you only really purchase, I think, skins for the game i believe i don't know yeah i would assume that's probably one of the things i think it is yeah but at the same time i'm just like that's one of the free play games i think quickly goes in my head very hardcore but maybe someone who plays league legends like maybe in the comments might like say different games are intimidating in general oh my god a lot of people but it's like we were saying earlier i think you already have to be set up with a system be a pc gamer you have i feel like especially with while being as popular as it is, I think they might have a hard time marketing to new players because it is such a large learning curve with so much of the stuff. And also players that have been doing it for years are so high level. So how do you make sure noobs don't feel completely like they're just dust in the wind? That's one thing when you like start off with a game that first comes out. But hey, um, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, I just went on a tangent on that. But no, it's yeah. at the same time, I like three to play games are interesting in that respect because you could have like a difficult difficulty level for that free to play. Like, yeah, League of Legends, like you could pick up League of Legends anytime, just like Fortnite and just go and play it. Mm-hmm. But the learning curve is probably completely different. The money isn't scaring you off. It's, you know, it's else? the actual gameplay itself. Hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm scared. <laughs> We're all scared <laughs> of League of Legends. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. It's it's actually more the genre. I'm just not into the genre, but mm-hmm. I totally understand. It's like the the reputation of the people who are really into it is synonymous with the title in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, yeah, I don't really, I'm not interested. And it's a similar thing too for some competitive shooters, even though I don't, really, I don't know that right this second I would be like, oh, I like shooters because that's I'm not going to go on that tangent. But it's like thinking about stuff like CSGO my brother coaxed me into getting into it for a little while and they kind of have a similar separation of they do like you can join games that are designed for casuals and then they obviously have people who are making money playing this game Mm -hmm. and they have a similar thing where it's like the money that you're investing it's free well no actually it's 20 bucks i think for the game but it's pretty low asking price for a fully fleshed out game but then you have the aesthetic stuff that you can buy Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I guess I'm not a hardcore gamer at the end of the day because like when well, I see that you're, you're equating that with hardcore gaming. Like I think we've talked this whole time about there being plenty of games that are built in a hardcore way. You can be a hardcore game. Like I, I think because just because you don't like those doesn't mean you're not a hardcore gamer. Like there was a certain point in my life where I would be hard and heavy mode on DDR and I'd be like, I'm hardcore like DDR like gamer. Like I would just <laughs> wreck I'm but sweating here. I literally am sweating buckets and I just drink a gallon of water, but I can do it. I think the fact that you play Breath of the Wild without the user interface up says you're a hardcore gamer. You take that game very seriously and you did like the hardest mode you could with it. <laughs> I yeah. think I think it's just like when you think of hardcore gamers, sometimes people think that like, oh, you're good at maybe every single game. It's like, no, you kind of have to like there's so many different types of games or so many different genres. It's like you kind of pick what you like and you play that. And then you come really good at it with how much time you You're spend in it. About it. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's like if I picked, it, picked up a Call of Duty game, I would literally just suck. I have never put in almost, I put in like maybe one hour in Call of Duty. Whereas in Assassin's Creed, I've probably put in like a week of solid hours into an Assassin's Creed franchise. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if I picked up an Assassin's Creed game, I know exactly what I need to do. Mm. But it's like, it's how many hours you're willing to put into almost anything. It's like any hobby that I think you're doing or any kind of interest that you have. It's how much time you're investing into what you're interested in. Hardcore nitty. Yeah. I want to be an embroidery specialist, but that's also another tangent. That would be so cool. <laughs> so we I mean, would you start knitting? Our... We'll just start knitting to talk about video games. Oh well, God. we'll turn this. You'll just hear the clicks in just, the background. If yes, you're okay. stitching cool <laughs> characters onto my backpack, I condone it. I Please, want. To I will do, pay you. I want to do that, but I also. Do you really? Yeah, I actually love. Freaking I want to do it. I want it's to cool. take. Sorry, this is a weird tangent, but I actually I get a lot of solid clothes, but I just love to do embroidery like on it that I always wanted on like a shirt or something but yeah. i never see it and i'm like i want to figure out how to do it and i tried to embroider once and i'm like dear god why <laughs> like i, I actually tried hard. with the little sets i actually did can try. you imagine my twilight princess cloak with that thick wool i know i was I did like the whole entire back i still have more to do <laughs> it's hard it's really difficult and i have like a massive hoop you also I like have a massive hoop i know you do i remember seeing that i can't bear to like use a tiny hoop and move it as frequently as i would have needed to i know but at the same time you literally like move your exactly. arm every stitch that you have to do sorry for this <laughs> sorry for this tangent but <laughs> yeah we went no, i'll leave it up to you whether you want to cut it no that's staying <laughs> <laughs> so to bring it back we went, um, we went I mean, for do you agree with that assessment or do you still in your mind hardcore is the difficult shooters or MMOs? Well, I guess maybe my being afraid of League of Legends, WoW, and people who are really into CSGO and Rainbow Six and stuff. It's almost like I'm using that term too loosely, which is we, I should not, it's very irresponsible to do because we're having an in-depth discussion about the distinction between these two terms. I'm just throwing it around like it doesn't mean anything. I think if there was a spectrum, I'm referring to like the top 10%, maybe. I don't identify with that. Mm -hmm. And it's intimidating and it doesn't sound fun to me. Like even people like Jen, you mentioned earlier, people that speed run Mario games. Mm -hmm. And they it's basically like taking the whatever veneer and like initial layer of like, I'm just enjoying this game and it's a fun experience. They're opening up Pandora's box and reaching down to the very bottom and being like, no, it is a game where you do a mechanical thing and you can do it a precise way that is perfect and I will try to achieve that. And I have... At one point in my life, I could speed around the first Mario, but that defeats the purpose of what I'm saying, so no. Well, it's because you're interested in it. 
But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it, it, it was born out of that initial experience of just loving the game and that just being kind of a fun thing. So I don't know where you guys would fall on that spectrum. but I think there's, sh- I don't think there's words for it, but I do think there's a, a distinction between, you know, that what you just described and like us who we like our games and the games we really like we take seriously and, you know, spend a lot of hours in them, but there is a divide between us and them. I feel like Jesse's actually got more experience playing a variety of different games that I don't have. Mm. Whereas I would have her like on a tier of percentage wise, like she would be like on a gradient scale of like from casual to like hardcore. And a, she like, she'd be like medium hard, like to me. And I would be like- You're in medium the, well. You're like medium well. And I'm just like medium. Like I, I feel like, cause we both, we're both interested in the game. We're interested in the title. We're willing to invest the time to learn the mechanics of the game and to learn every, like not every single stat of everything, but to get the general idea of like, ooh, I can up the, like Spider-Man's a good example of mm. the one that just came out that is so much fun to play. I played through the introduction with Jesse and I had the hard time with like the boss in the beginning because I it's been a while since I played it. Me too. And I'm just like, he's charging at me, what do I do? And she's like, quit running to the side. You can jump on top of him. Like, what, really? Like, I just some things in a panic moment. You just don't think. But it's like, I haven't invested that much time into it. She invested quite a few hours into the game already. And she has played a few more games than I have, but I think that's also based on like, she really loves to invest in a lot of different worlds than I do. And I love like watching her play through and I love the experience of games that get me in. So I feel like I'm medium where if I really want to get into a game, I would actually thoroughly enjoy going into WoW. But me and my mentality, I played my many hours in Skyrim, many hours in Skyrim. I'm, it's a miracle I graduated college. <laughs> but at the same time, like based on that experience, I knew that if I really, cause WoW really intrigues me, like World of Warcraft intrigues me. But I also know my mentality, if there is no end game, I will literally be lost forever. Mm. You will never see me again. That's dangerous. Yeah, don't it go is, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I never dived into it because I mentally am like, oh, a quest, a quest, a quest, quest, must do the quest, must do the quest. That's how my mentality goes. Whereas in Breath of the Wild, like it was great because when I like, you do all the shrines, you do all the guardians, you, then you do the big, bo- like there's a pattern and there's an end game to mm-hmm. it yep. where it's like, there's a certain amount of time I'll invest in a game and I'll enjoy it. So, I mean, I like having games that for me, when I go get a game, I know there's going to be an end goal to the story. There's going to be some way of ending it in some way that lets me have a natural exit point from the game. Mm-hmm. You need a resolution. Yeah. And even if it's like a cliffhanger, it's a resolution in itself mm-hmm. of like, that's the cliffhanger for the next story or something like that. But like you know the, it's done. Yeah. That yeah, totally. part of the story is done. I need a life. That's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have put like Kingdom Hearts 2 way back in the day. I literally didn't leave my room for about 48 hours. Like when I played that game, I'm surprised. I don't remember eating. You're not responsible <laughs> for that behavior. It was the game. It was just, I need to play with my Maybe Disney, good my Disney friends. Have Kingdom Hearts 3 in while you're in school. Oh, don't remind me. I'm going to get so sad. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll just leave you in that. Well, Jen, you bring up something. You bring uh, up a very good point, which I cannot believe that we haven't talked about this yet. It's ridiculous. We've been talking about casual hardcore stuff, and we haven't mentioned Jesse's level of expertise in Smash. Don't try to play it down because I've watched you play against George. And George, you talk about somebody who has, it's not exactly all of the stats and all that, but it is <laughs> more or less. Like, he's very into this game, and not only do you give him a run for his money, but I would say 
it, it's very entertaining to watch. I'll just say that. I only get oh, one I, for that, his money when there's items. <laughs> <laughs> they, I love the chaos Division between. I love the corn casuals. Like, okay, when you talk to people that take Super Smash Bros. really seriously, it's always, you know, what's the final destination? no items like what it's like a meme at this point like what you know what they're gonna say when they want a serious battle 101 they mm-hmm. don't want distractions it's like literally your skill with their move set then i'm like but that's not as much fun as the chaos of all these items randomly generating. yeah the items make it so much fun and also for me i am a chaos person in smash brothers i literally am chaos to myself and others yeah, <laughs> you're already driving me crazy just oh, to think about it and i love watching <laughs> i literally play that game to make people fear <laughs> And I have so much. You don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. What's in a box? There's an item box. I'm like, oh, goody! And people literally kill me before I get the box because they know that I will just. I am chaos. Like I am uncontrolled chaos in a Smash Brothers, which is very unlike my natural personality. I'm just letting you know. It's full of bombs. We don't know. I'm gonna hit it. I know. I see a box. I'm going for the box. Let's go. What's in the box? That's why I say I'm medium. You never yes, that's very medium of you. <laughs> yes. I don't. Jen doesn't even know what she's doing, and she keeps killing me. Exactly, and I'm just laughing maniacally. Oh my god! Oh well. Oh, granted, it's great with hardcore. It's hard with Hyrule Warriors. Jesse always got with Hyrule Warriors. We always oh, played. Yeah. That's more of like a completionist thing, though. Like, yeah, we're both pretty. Completionist I think it's pretty easy things. to pick up the move set and like. Yeah. But it's like all of the challenges they present you, like do this in a certain amount of time or get this many enemies. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to beat those challenges. So oh, yeah. um, it's easy enough that anyone could really pick it up and then feel a sen- sense of satisfaction from defeating a swath of mm-hmm. enemies. But the challenges is what makes it a little bit more difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, we started derailed from your Super Smash Bros. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, it is kind of like a great equalizer in a lot of ways. It is interesting <laughs> with the new one. What did I use? The great equalizer. <laughs> Do you like, just, uh, just capital G, capital E. I'm just like, ha, 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 ha. every time I see Snash Brothers, I'm just like, I can't wait to do, bring chaos to everyone. We're playing I mean, tonight. It's happening. Okay. Have, Jen, have you played the new one? No, I oh haven't. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Uh, you know what's Did really? This is, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself. You know the last Smash Brothers I've ever played? The N64. Yes. Me too. <gasps> Air high five. Yes. Wait, you guys never played Melee or Brawl? Nope. No. Did you see the the little video they put together for the World of Light? No. Oh my god, I can't wait to show her tonight. But I will I will say one thing Nintendo did really really well for Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is that they actually took the screenshots of the game and made it into the opening of the original Pokemon theme that we grew up with. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's don't buy it, Jen. Don't buy it. I'm not gonna buy it, but I was like. Thank you, editing team. Like, there was heart in that. Yeah. Mm. Like, it, I felt someone's nostalgia, like, this needs to happen, and they actually made it official. Oh, and I'm like, and I'm like, there's someone's heart in that, and that makes me so happy. Thank you. <laughs> like, I appreciate <laughs> this. And so many people were so happy about it. I was like, and it was Nintendo official. And I was like, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Many. Well, no, then you're definitely going to appreciate the World of Light trailer. Lots of heart. Yeah. There's tons of trailers. I love trailers. Like, trailers are so, so much fun. Good. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's a whole nother. Um, I do want to talk about marketing, video game marketing at some point. In trailers, oh, I need to stay over here to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save it for next time. Down. <laughs> okay, there's two more topics I want to hit on. This next one, we sort of already talked a little bit about it. Uh, Minecraft, I would 
Would you guys put that under a simulation game, like a world building simulation? World building, definitely, because you're literally mm-hmm. building the world. <laughs> um, Whatever when I was world thinking of want. simulation games, I'm thinking Sims. Uh, I used to play Roller Coaster and Zoo Tycoon when I was younger. Yes, so did I. Those are games that I think are really easy to get into because it's you're simulating the world and you understand. Most people can understand how running. Although you can never understand the financials and why you're bankrupt at the end of it. <laughs> well, you could if you understand life. But oh I just removed all the bathrooms and I'm just... Yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Uh, uh, let's not get into that. Done, right? Yeah. Okay. How did I uh, get here? But, you know, um, Sims. You got to keep your person healthy. You got to have them eat, go to the bathroom, shower, get a job. People understand that. I have, too well. I have an experience with Sims 3 and... I could go into it later, but unless you want me to do it in the podcast, I legitimately had never played Sims and Sims 3 just came out Mm. and I got it the first day because I was like, oh, I'll play Sims because I've always like played with people that already had like the unlocked like um, infinite amount of money and Rosebud and uh, but at the same time, like I want to play Sims and I want to figure it out. I legitimately was so stressed out trying to feed my little Jennifer in there that I wasn't feeding myself for like, and I was like so paranoid and like, I didn't know how to turn on like them doing their own thing. I just didn't know what the hell to do. I was so, I I didn't know where the tutorial was. I was like so out of loop. And this was when GameStop was really, really cool. And I went down the street and literally 24 hours, I put the Sims like, my life is not good right now. This game is not good for me mentally. And I went, I... I didn't know what to do and I just wanted to build houses and I didn't know how to do that. I just Aww. love building houses and I just like, I love it when people already build stuff and then I just play with it, but I didn't, it was a brand new game. Like no one had built anything. They just were starting to build stuff and the whole community was going to be built up. None of the expansions were out or anything like that. And I asked the guy like, look, I played this. It's just not good for me. <laughs> you did the Tamagotchi approach. I like, did and I was just- You need them every I turn. did and I didn't know what to do. And I was so terrified of just like, and I didn't, and I'm- and, and you like, had that experience? And I the, wish I was with you so I could tell you about it. Oh my God, I would love a Sims where I had someone that has an actual print person tutorial. <laughs> but at the same time, I and the guy at GameStop was very nice and he was like, look, I'm not really supposed to do this, but I'll give you a full refund of the game. Because I was legitimately like, I looked like I had bags in my eyes. I didn't sleep. <laughs> Let's try to take what? care of myself. Oh my god, that's traumatizing. Oh, Jen. And uh, and he actually gave you full refund on the game, which you we weren't supposed to do at GameStop. Thank you, GameStop. So guy. that one GameStop guy, and I was like, thank you. And I was like, I got my money, and I was, and, and granted, I got my all my stuff there, so they knew I was a good patron. Like I always, it was the first time, like I got a same game, yay! And I was like, it didn't work out. <laughs> well, it's definitely not to that extent, but those games have sucked away my life many hours of my life i can um, see why like there i love watching people play it but i just never knew really what to do for myself like i remember in college i had the reason why i think she had sim 2 was that she was like i need to build a mansion and she had like millions of dollars and i just built and i had fun and that's what i remember was that mm-hmm. i had an infinite amount of money and i could just build and i had fun and i love interior design so that was fun she's like Six hours later, she had a fully furnished mansion with everything in it that was personalized and everything, and everything was in there. And she's like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> and that's, so I've had a weird experience with Sims, but I do thoroughly understand why it's absolutely addicting. Yeah. And I see no end game in that. I see no end point for me to exit that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you learned a valuable lesson about the uh, difference learned- between being poor and being rich. 
Oh yeah, it sucks being poor when you can't build your own house in your mansion. Teaching Everything would. social economics through the Sims, please. <laughs> I can't yeah. handle being poor. Give me my oh money my back. God. I can't handle constantly like setting things on fire with my kitchen, <laughs> trying to tell my Sim having to poop. <laughs> Teach kids like give half the class. You know, you start out with $50, good luck. And the rest oh of the class, you have unlimited money because you come from a wealthy family. Go, what did you learn at the end of the No, you should give I two kids that. the access to the unlimited amount of money and the rest of the class the $50 and then there, see what that happens. That would be more correct. That would be more correct. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not half and half. No, it's the 1%. And then the wealthy <laughs> Cool, but yeah, generally, I'm sorry you had that experience, but maybe the user interface wasn't... I just good enough at that point, but granted, it was before. I think I was a teenager. It was before I really started to analyze like user interfaces or anything like that. Mm. So I didn't think about it in a design aspect at the time. Yeah. I thought about it more of like as a completely my mentality to that was that I was a completely new teenager who had kind of played with Sims that pe- that her friends had played some. So I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't know the full extent of what I kind of was getting myself into starting a brand new character in a brand new game by myself. Yeah. And also, no one knew the password at the time in Sims 3 to get the infinite of money. People were figuring that out at the time because it just was released. All <laughs> 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 well, for Sims 3. I think Sims 2, I, I think, was Rosebud. Yeah, 2 was my game. Yeah. I want to save this for last because this is sort of a behemoth of a category and what probably most gamers that don't think of themselves as gamers but are totally gamers because they probably play some sort of mobile game. And people have been playing mobile games for a while now, ever since... The snake game was a thing. <laughs> or some of the older games, like Bejeweled. Snake! <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about, though, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. The little The little line, line yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Is that what it, what was and it And it just constantly yeah. gets longer and longer, and you had to keep on... On your little Nokia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I My never had Nokia. Nokia. I didn't have a... <laughs> we didn't have uh, that, that power. That, that brick. <laughs> yes. Yes. But then games like Angry, Angry Birds, Fruit Ninja, I think those sort of bejeweled was my game Mm. the public eye just like the mobile game sort of like launched a a new generation of Mm -hmm. app games fruit ninja candy crush popular one candy crush and bejeweled i kind of say in the same category because they're more like the like yeah i would say similar items is like the precursor Mm -hmm. um i actually played that on a desktop before i ever did on a cell phone i played it on both and it is both addicting as all get out it's so satisfying yeah um you know i sort of miss this but uh those computer flash games or social games now like farmville is a big facebook one i think that's sort of like simulation like too just more in a social app that they're already using i was very addicted to facebook games especially this game doesn't exist anymore uh but it was restaurant city and i got my friends in high school addicted to it with me so that way i had friends with me you were one of those that were sending invites mm-hmm. oh just to the just to the people that i persuaded in real life not to the people who didn't know <laughs> That's I, fair. yeah games like that i think totally could be an entryway for casual gamers they're like mm-hmm. oh you like that simulation you could get an even more in-depth one on this console game mm-hmm. although for facebook games there was a point for a while that some games had a hard time like i was trying to get into new games there was an era for the next few years i remember for 2008 and 2009 there were a lot of games that I started on Facebook that actually ended that year and I don't know why but at the same time it was really really strange that like I picked up maybe three different games Restaurant City was the one I played continuously and suddenly they're like yeah we're we can't do this anymore so have for this month they literally just gave you max gold and in-game currency and all that stuff and like have fun 
for the That's last cool. month this game existed and i'm like wait what <laughs> like, Pretty cool thing. at the same yeah. time it's like enjoy it it's only going to be around for a month and i'm like it's gonna go away forever <laughs> i do have screenshots of my restaurant actually that i had so i mean Aww. at the same i still have that saved in my in my, in my account i was very i played that game for three years yeah wow. same, yeah that's a lot at the same time it was just some it was just really fun to play but at the same time it's just so weird that it's like yep company's not doing it anymore and that's why i'm always terrified about like app games like sometimes mm. they're like well company's not supported anymore more bye mm. and i'm uh-huh. like wait what <laughs> i put in all this time and energy yeah but i mean yeah. i'm wondering when that comes to point with app games like that i think the biggest mm. flash for that was um flappy bird where the developer <laughs> decided to not i don't like the fact that people they're going crazy about this game i'm getting rid of it and thus it created like people going crazy about it that was an interesting scenario that was a very interesting I hadn't scenario heard about that just pulled you never it heard about because the of the popularity this is a very big tangent <laughs> is it yeah it's something well we can talk about this later it. sure yeah okay. um just for listeners who haven't heard about this just research flappy bird it's interesting read the wiki yeah but i i play mobile games i treat them as filler though i don't want something that i'm going to be sitting on the couch staring at my phone for hours on end i'd rather have a big tv and a console and a little bit more depth to my games but um it's pretty amazing what app games now can provide in terms of depth and multiple layered systems and mm-hmm. whether that's for free or not is another story but and how yeah. crazy they go with the in-app purchases sometimes yeah so any games robert you play on your phone or no nah? no none What's really mm-hmm. you don't play any games on your phone no now that i had space on my brand new phone i just got the new assassin's creed rebellion thing and i'm excited what? about building my new assassin's creed rebellion what is that oh. is it like a strategy build buildings and it, they attack you thing actually no it's okay. um it's kind of like the hotel thing where you're like oh you build your like armory and all that stuff but you go mm. on missions and it's like a little puzzle so you get specific like almost like chess pieces that do different things Hmm. and you go into different rooms and you have to try and keep your health up and do the correct motions so it's kind of randomized it's kind of like a almost like kind of a kind of like pokemon old school in a way like you have your team and you try and make it through this like whole level and with everyone with their health up and then in the end you get your rewards but if you don't you'll lie (laughs) Hmm, that's interesting but it's it's really cute and it's all like super chibi assassin's creed which is totally up my alley they are catering (laughs) to you directly and i'm like is this game made for me because this game seems like it's made for me so thank you i think that's something a lot of app games draw in people with is their art style um Mm -hmm. that's a reward a lot of times like certain characters that look mm-hmm. nice it's a lot of it's collection based uh and that's what can make these games long running and there's no definite end because they can keep supplying new rewards new characters new looks absolutely to you on a seasonal basis so sometimes they try with story but then after a while i feel like with story if it doesn't have a resolution anytime it's soon like it's story. like it's like oh god it's like this is never gonna end if you're only sticking for the story you wouldn't after a while you might burn out Whereas if it's more collection based, it's like, ooh, what can I like add to my collection here? Oh, I might unlock this like for my assassins one. Like, oh, I'll eventually unlock this one if I continue like playing through this. I'll eventually get like more stuff here. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kind of thing where it's like a little more like collector's thing, like virtual collection. Pavlovian response, which is like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I know I am trained to this game that we both play that a lot of people play, and I'm a little bit of embarrassed by it. But it's okay don't feel embarrassed. It. I got you into it, and I'm <laughs> yeah. so happy. Dare you? you know how many hours I've wasted? I saw it on the list and I just kind of grinned and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm... you want to say it on the podcast? Because I'm not ashamed. Uh, yeah, I, the Love Nikki mm-hmm. is a dress up game. 
Love Nikki. What Brown. is happening right now? Have <laughs> I entered an alternate dimension? This is, it's basically kind of like a, you've seen some, maybe some apps that have like a dress up kind of like, and it's really weird, a dress up kind of doll game, but it's like a competition thing. It actually gamified. <laughs> what is happening right now? What? <laughs> they were going into the girl realm. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's I'm welcome. very Everyone's surprised. Welcome. Okay. But it's, but it's basically like they've almost found a way of gamifying like dress up doll costumes mm. and these sets of outfits and what keeps me invested and i've been playing i think for now two years don't make me think about how long i've been playing oh my god <laughs> it's like so i thought about it and i'm like damn i played this game a while but the thing what gets me is that it's adding to your wardrobe like and the thing is there's so many new interesting like sets of things that come out that you're like oh and it's so easy to it, it the balance of the in-game currency investment and the in-game gold like you get and it's it's fairly well balanced. There's some events that are bullshit. But basically there are some events that are catering to the whales that are trying to literally put hundreds and hundreds of dollars into the game during this one week availability to get this outfit. Mm. And you can tell, and it's kind of alarming to see some how many people because you see in certain aspects of the game how many people get these sets and it's like whoa there seem to be a lot of people that are putting hundreds of dollars into this game but granted that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic but, but at the same time it's still if you put the time into the game it's still fairly well balanced where you could still earn the in-game currency which in the daily stuff only pretty much takes me like 15 minutes yeah yeah through. that's my argument for it is that the daily stuff to keep track with these other players is doesn't take you that long to do so i don't feel like it is wasting my time but i'm still having fun doing it it's just 15 minutes i, I clocked myself many times just to <laughs> see because i want to see how much time i'm putting into an app because that actually dictates to me how if it's worth part of my daily time yeah <laughs> no it's i mean it's just like other collection stuff we enjoy the collection of the different outfits and being able to customize outfits and mm -hmm. create new stuff like there's a creative element to it seeing what other people create with pieces that you have and you never thought of putting together mm -hmm. it's I like the creative side of it. And because it's so large and extensive, they keep supporting it and it's very deep. The story's cool. crap. The story <laughs> it's is crap. crap. It's such <laughs> crap. Like, oh my I god. The story, just skip it. I, I've actually read the story because I love I love crying how bad it is. It's like, yes, you're it's battling actually, in the game with outfits. Like you're you're like, is your outfit better than the other person's outfit? But in the story, it's literally we're battling with outfits. Like we're and here's the thing. Here's bloody the, uh, wars. We fight it, with fashion. here's the thing, what's really yes, funny. Here's, oh my god. Here's the thing. What? There's like this war going on, and like one of your friends dies. <laughs> and you're whoa, like, whoa, what? whoa, people die in this game? People die Wait a minute. in this game. This is way beyond what you were just describing. And guess what? The next chapter we're in a ball and the biggest <laughs> climax is that one of your characters gets kissed by this random thief guy and you're like wait didn't a war happen in the last chapter where one of her friends died but now we're in a ball <laughs> like, just there for the pretty clothes i don't know what's going on with all that and i'm like reading this and i'm like i wanted to rant about this with jesse but at the same time she doesn't read it <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, what? I mentally like, to me. I'm like, what is going on? That is incredible. But granted, I do I have to it. say, like, the outfits themselves, like, I have a, I am an illustrator. 
I love drawing and I always have the hardest time like designing like clothes. Mm-hmm. And I actually got this game purely to piece outfits together for me mentally of like what would a really fun character I have like wear and what would the silhouette of that character be. Yeah. And there is like where you just go through your items of clothes and you could literally piece together whatever the heck you want and just save it in your like favorite outfit thing like mm-hmm. for your own personal yeah, enjoyment. I've seen to connect That's it cool. to Amazon and Ka-ching. Oh, oh my god. god. They don't Biden need to do that's that. Brilliant. They don't need to. Oh my god. So they better potential. not be they better not be listening to this or they'll freaking Jeff, do Jeff, do you hear that? <laughs> You're welcome. Where's Jeff? Just Amazon? Like, I'm just like, Amazon notify Jeff. Just like who's Jeff? Oh <laughs> uh, wait, what no, it's Alexa. 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 Yeah. Oh no, we shouldn't be saying that. Oh no, my god, what sorry. if someone listened to their podcast no. and we say Alexa? <laughs> has happened. Cancel request. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm god. Sorry. Alexa, stop and playing I, the music currently. Alexa, contact chat. No, stop in the podcast. Um, <laughs> gotta I, stop. I really do hate ads that like do the Alexa thing. Like you don't do that. It's rude. Anyway, that all goes to say I think you can have games that take a different approach, a different incentives to get casual mm-hmm. players on. If that incentive is pretty close because you like that. That's a way to get someone gaming. If your incentive is fake money in a game where it means nothing. Um, or battle outfits. <laughs> or like good characters or little pocket monsters in Pokemon. That's, you know, that's there's whatever every, it whatever it everything's got a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what's your setting? And it all depends on mm-hmm. what you want to put your time into. And I think with, I think with anything with, and, and how I interpret it with, uh, like anything to do with any kind of hobby or interest that people have for hardcore gamers to casual gamers to me is like how much time are you willing to invest in video games mm-hmm. and I think in what type of video games do you enjoy where you master and how much time you put in them you become a very much an expert in how much time you put into something that you're doing mm-hmm. and to me mentally like it's kind of going back to originally like the philosophy of how you think of casual and hardcore uh, Jesse like to me it's how much time goes into it because the most valuable thing we have is time and also like where you're putting your money towards is like is it towards a high a a better computer to play your games faster a higher speed internet to play league of legends like without Mm -hmm. any issue or crashing Mm -hmm. or is it just like an in-game app you kind of were interested in like playing bejeweled like it all depends on what you're willing what the person feels like doing yeah I think that's a wonderful wrap-up, and I believe that there is a game out there for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of finding it. Thank you guys for letting me on. I really appreciate your time, and thank you so much, and uh, hopefully I'll be back later. Definitely. Yeah, please come back again. Mm-hmm. You guys can't get rid of me. <laughs> oh, God. What have we done? <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for this week. See you next time.